Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host today, TJ Branson, Tim Branson, whatever you want to call me. Flying solo today, uh, doing a bit of an out-of-the-ordinary kind of episode. I know typically, like, this is a weird time. Time doesn't exist right now between Christmas and New Year's, so uh, we're we're in a bit of a, a limbo, right? So is everybody. So I know this is usually when we would do our weekend preview, and there's going to be a little bit of that in there for, like, weekend pickups and things like that. But what I want to do today, I want to go through all 32 teams and do a bit of, like a like, a New Year's roundup. That's what I've been calling it. That's what I titled the notes I did today. So that's that's the plan. I'm going to go through uh, 32 teams and just kind of like do little storylines on each one, uh, highlight the teams that have a better schedule this weekend. There's a couple of them. Buffalo's up there. Chicago's up there. <laughs> they always they always seem to be up there. Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, let's get, let's get right into it. So uh, if you guys want to find us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. We got the Fantasy Hockey Discord. You guys can join. Chat Hockey 24-7. It's nuts. There's like, uh, Jesus, what, 2,300 people in there now? So uh, feel free to join that. Hang out. And uh, let's get into it. So we're going to do this alphabetically as it normally goes. So we're going to start off with Anaheim, who, uh, you know, 8, 9, 22, and 4. They're not good. But um, John Gibson, he was the first goalie off the ice today. So looks like he's going to be good to go tonight. Um, I'm recording. It's it's a little bit earlier in the night, so I don't know if he uh, if he got the start. Lucas Dostal is going to be the backup until Stolarz returns. But I wanted to talk about like Mason McTavish, Frank Vitano, Frank Vitrano. These guys are going apeshit. Um, and you might have heard me just make a mistake. I'm not going to edit tonight. All right, so it's just gonna it's just gonna be the way it is. You're gonna get it raw. Okay. So let's get into it. Mason McTavish, 17% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Two goals, four assists, six points, three of them on the power play in his last five on 13 shots on goal. Listen, the Ducks are not a good team, but they got good players. Uh, Mason McTavish, Frank Vetrano, those are the two that we keep coming back to when it comes time to talk streamers and just guys to to throw on your team for a day and and just collect up those points, collect up those stats, and, and do what you got to do. But... Um, Vitrano himself, he's 8% rostered, and I think he's dual wing. I think McTavish might be wing, and uh, yeah, it's it's got to be wing and center. I'm pretty sure for him, uh, just going off memory here. But Vitrano's getting a little more time on ice, but uh, McTavish has been doing more damage on the score sheet. Uh, Vitrano is getting like over 19 minutes in this last five games. Um, none of the guys are here. Like Zach is sick as shit. He shared a picture to the to the uh, the Bang Daddy channel the patron channel in our discord and um he had like 103 fever but he did a bunch of these notes and like just chipped in and stuff um i really wanted to kick this question off the guys so I'm, i'll be sure to bring it up i'm gonna have a beer real quick hold on uh i'm gonna bring it up when we talk the week preview but john klingberg three goals in his last five games i'm curious like you know i know he's a household name i know he's a big defenseman uh, in terms of name value, but Anaheim just hasn't worked out for him. And, you know, over the last month, month and a half, we've all kind of come to terms with the fact that he is, he's a waiver wire defenseman. There are other defensemen that are more desired. Like I'd rather have Vince Dunn at this point and he's half point per game, you know? So there, there's guys out there that 
aren't as attractive by way of like marquee names, but still you got three goals in his last five games on six shots on goal. I don't know. Should our interest be peaked? I'm almost curious to like, I want to know what you guys think. Like are, is, is this like one of those things that uh, you're kind of looking over your shoulder thinking twice about John Klingberg at this point? I don't know. I don't think so. It's it's three three goals on six shots, so fifty percent shooting percentage. That's uh, yeah, that is what it is, and that isn't going to continue. Anyway, let's move on to Arizona, where our boy mm, Nick Schmaltz is on a six game point streak. He has accumulated uh, nine points in that span. Keller's got six points in those games. Keller's also got ten points in his last eight. He's got twelve points in his last twelve. 25 in his last 25 and would you look at that 33 in his last 33 that's the whole season for him Clayton Keller is a point per game player he's averaged three shots on goal in his last 10 including two five shot on goal games three of them have four shots on goal there's only one game in there with one shot and uh one in there with zero shots he if you're in a points league and like for some reason Clayton Keller is not rostered he's like uh, I think he's 69 percent you got to go get him he is so useful in points leagues. He doesn't do much for you. Like, yeah, if you're hurting for shots and, and offense, then I guess a categories league, he, he like kind of has his place. But, man, he has just been super under the radar. It's Arizona. There's a stink about him. They're not a, they're not a good team, so like people don't want to touch it. And Nick Schmaltz the same way. 21% rostered Nick Schmaltz is going Super Saiyan. He does this. And nobody buys into it. And by the end of the streak, you're like, oh, I wish I would have picked up Nick Schmaltz. Like, here we are. That shit is starting. You remember last year where he went pretty much toe-to-toe with Connor McDavid for a month and a half in terms of offense. So, I don't know. Keep keep your ear to the ground with Nick Schmaltz. I like it. I, I'm just getting those vibes again. I'm not saying he's going to go, you know, 30 points in 20 games or anything like he did last year. But keep, I mean, just heads up. Like, he's already got nine points in six. I'm pretty sure he scored tonight. As Raj, he hit up the group chat and he was like, oh man, Nick Schmaltz has been such a good stream. So I can only imagine there was a reason for that. All right, Boston, next team up right here. I mean, you you put this Jim Montgomery comes in. I'm like, okay, like, you know, Jeremy Swayman looked really good last year. It's going to be a tandem. But Linus Olmark has just run away with the job and he's done such a great job of it. Um, and now, like, he's got to be one of the best value picks in terms of goalie. Um, pretty much hands down at this point. You got you got to believe that. Um, the only real cold streak in Boston is Taylor Hall, and that's like three games. Um, I don't know if he scored tonight versus New Jersey. Uh, I was watching that game, and then it was bedtime for the kids, so we put on a movie, and uh, I didn't get to watch the game. But uh, anyway, I mean, Taylor Hall were three games, and then before that, there was a seven-game stretch where he posted 10 points. So, I mean, you know, he only missed the score sheet once in that seven-game stretch. Uh, Currently on a 65-point pace, shooting like three times a game. 69% rostered, same as Clayton Keller, Matt Barzell, waiver wire-ish Sam Bennett. Like, uh, I don't know where I'm at with Sam Bennett, but, uh, I mean, if I need the hits, sure, I'll keep him, but I don't know. I feel like he's the cold streak has been enough and I'll touch on him when I get to Florida. But right now it's just like, I don't know. Sam Bennett is replacement level Uh, staying in Boston. Now Hoppus Lindholm still running the power play one. His ownership is up to 87%. So if you missed the boat, sorry, but uh, if the boat's still there, hop on it. 
He's got five assists, three of which are on the power play in his last six games. And then I'm looking at David Krejci, who has just been, again, like we're talking Clayton Keller, points league dream. That's where David Krejci is too. Like in terms of return on investment, those two players, Clayton Keller and David Krejci, have just been stellar. Krejci with 26 points in 29 games. I think he's given us like a half hit, half block. He doesn't really, that's not his thing. But if you're in a points league, like Krejci, man, he's just been solid as it comes. Uh, Buffalo, this they have a good weekend schedule, but heads up because Buffalo is under a driving ban right now, and that kept the Sabres from practicing today. Uh, I'm recording this. It's like 10 at night, um, and I think the game tomorrow is probably not going to happen. So you you might know this already by the time you listen to this episode. I'm planning on dropping it as soon as the, I'm like I'm going to add the intro music, the outro music, and then just post it. There's no edits, no nothing. So it should be out tonight. But like by the time anybody hears this, there might be news already about this Buffalo game uh, versus Detroit on Thursday that it's probably getting postponed. So just keep your keep your head about you. Like that's going to be something to pay attention to. All right, Calgary up next. They are 16, 13, and 7, fifth in the Pacific. And don't look now, but Jonathan Huberto is on a hot streak. He's got six points in his last five, 11 in his last 12. Shot volume is nowhere close to where I want it to be. But uh, it is reassuring to see him get back on the score sheet and kind of get closer to where we expected him to be this year. Um, you know, granted, everything is assists, and you don't really need to shoot when you're an assist guy. And that's kind of Jonathan Huberto's shtick, right? Like going into the preseason, I was like, all right, Jonathan Huberto and Artemi Panarin, they're pretty much the same player, but they're going, you know, Huberto was a first round pick. Panarin was a second round pick. And the only thing that Panarin does or that uh, Huberto does that Panarin's not is like 70 hits a year. So you can get like a, I don't know, that was more like a selling point for Artemi Panarin than it was Huberto. But that's like where we expected him to be is in that Panarin range. And I mean, you know, it's it just hasn't happened that way. Panarin right now, he's at 41 points in 36 games, nine goals, 32 assists. That's exactly the stat line that we would be happy with Jonathan Huberto right now. But again, it just hasn't happened that way. But he is starting to turn it around a little bit. Um, you know, 24 points in 33 games. He's brought his pace up to 60 points. And how depressing is that that I said up to 60 point pace? Uh, but again, these last 12 games, he started to turn it around, like flirting with point per game. Uh, just needs to bring those shots up. Tyler Toffoli has uh, the same amount of points in that span, 11 points in his tw- last 12 games, seven points in his last five. So definitely on a heater, um, you know, between these two guys, like they, they kind of started this, this hot streak in the last 12 games. They've connected on four different goals, you know, in these, in this span. Um, and Toffoli's got the same 11 points in 12 games. So they're going tit for tat. Uh, the only difference is Toffoli you know, number one didn't cost as much in the draft, but uh, he's also providing twice as many shots as Huberto. Um, and like I said before, Huberto is not exactly setting the bar super high, but that's Toffoli's calling card, right? It's just shot volume. That's what he does. So, you know, hopefully this is a kind of a, a hint of what's to come for Calgary because they, they're such a good team. And uh, I thought the moves that they made in the offseason made them a better team. Um so I don't know. Huberdeau has got to kind of get his shit together. Mackenzie Weger, I don't know if he's having trouble assimilating or what's going on there, but uh, there's a lot of talent in the, it, it feels like it's nothing but like potential energy, right? And they just need to find that kick 
that'll get him going. And another fantastic news, we're seeing Jacob Markstrom come back to life. Uh, but, you know, don't get too excited because his, he's got three wins, three quality starts in his last four games. And uh, those three wins, those three quality starts are against San Jose twice and Anaheim. Uh, and then he lost to Edmonton yesterday, the uh, 27th. So he's been really streaky. And, uh, you know, padding your stats with those easy opponents is is great for your confidence and your self-esteem and your overall uh, stats and things like that. But uh, you want to see him get those wins against like real opponents, right? To, to feel really confident about trotting him back out there. But, you know, got to feel good about it. All right, Carolina, this is a Friday-Sunday team, somebody you could be looking at. And Pacioretty, Max Pacioretty has shed the no-contact jersey, and we're very close to his original timeline. It was like early to mid-January. So, I mean, we're we're flirting with that already. It's, what, we're two, three days away from uh, New Year's Eve. And, um, I mean, you got you to gotta be interested in that. Kachikov's got a five-game win streak, and we are – we're getting pretty close to Frederick Anderson coming back. You never really know what's going to happen there. I, I feel like they are, excuse me. Um, I feel like they're kind of like waiting, waiting it out because they want to figure out what they're going to do with uh, Piotr Kokachov. Uh, Kokachov, Kochekov. Uh, he's got 10 games in a row with at least a point. Uh, 928 save percentage, 1.94 goals allowed through 15 games. That is, that's good. That's good. What do you do with the goalie situation when, when that's your like rookie guy coming up, right? Like you got Ronta, you got Anderson and he's kind of like coming back. Ronta and Anderson are both UFAs at the end of the season. Anderson's four and a half is probably going to be, I mean, it's not like we're trading him mid season or anything, but, um, Man, what do they do? It's going to be a tough choice, but I mean, you only got 15 games so far out of Kakachov. So he and Ronta have played pretty well, and Ronta's cheaper, half as cheap as Anderson. So we'll see. Like, that's that's a different story for down the road. Right now, it's just trying to figure out what they're going to do. And I think, I honestly do think, like, they're going to take their time bringing Anderson back just because why do you need him? Why do you need him back as fast as possible? You know, like, we're. We're good now. You're totally fine now. Uh, and with Patrick coming back, wh- what does that do to your to your top six? I mean, Nietzsche has been solid. Svechnikov has been solid. Seth Jarvis is doing all right. Tavo Teravainen's right there. That's that's like a solid top six. So and Paul Stasny right in the mix as well. So like, where do you put Patrick? You got to think that it's going to be either Jarvis or Nietzsche that that moves down and. I don't know. Maybe it's Jarvis at this point. We're going to wind up seeing what happens there. But, man, I don't know. If uh, if Patretti's out there in your in your waiver wire, in your free agency, and uh, you don't have IR spots, I think now is a, like, a really good time just to let him sit on your bench. Like I would definitely be taking that plunge, getting that one going. All right, Chicago. they got a good weekend schedule as well. Um, and Carolina, like I said, so... I don't know. Like, what are we looking at in Carolina? Who who are we even thinking about? Um, I mean, Nietzsche's is eighty one percent, so he's not somebody you're going for. I I almost want to say that uh, Paul Stasny's kind of the guy, but he hasn't done much in his last two weeks. Only two assists, but he's one percent rostered, so, and he, he's not just a center anymore. 
Uh, I'd almost be more inclined to take Seth Jarvis at 28%, uh, even take a swing on like a Sperry Kokaniemi. Um, but the guys that have been turning it on, like Jesper Fast has got six points in his last seven games. Jordan Stahl's got eight points. Um, so I think I just got to go back to the well here and just keep pumping Jordan Stahl's tires. He seems like the guy, like he is Lars Eller. Anytime we talk about the Washington Capitals, we got to talk about Lars Eller, and that's just who Jordan Stahl is. He is like the guy after the guys. And, uh, <laughs> oh, geez, wrong tube. Um, Jordan Stahl, he hits, he takes a shit ton of faceoffs, and he shoots. So, I don't know. He just, he just seems like a really f- safe bet. Center only at 15%. Yeah, I think he'd be the guy to be streaming this weekend if I'm looking at Carolina. Um, Brett Pesci, maybe a little bit. I don't know. He blocks a lot. If I needed blocks, that's where I go. Brady Shea, uh, I think he had his time in the sun. I don't know. But when I'm looking at Chicago, things just get super bleak. There's, I mean, they're a bad team, and they're not ashamed to show it. They've really embraced the tank, and they're actually doing it pretty well now. Um, so, yeah, they have a good schedule this weekend, but it, it almost feels like it doesn't matter because there's nothing in... Chicago that's like reliable to bet on you could go for a Seth Jones who's only 55% rostered he's getting all the minutes I thought he would he's averaging like 25 a game and he's getting a bunch of blocks because Chicago just pours out hits uh, pours out shots against Uh, there's some hits there he's shooting a lot uh, close to four times a game and uh, it's just not going in that's I mean there's a similar theme throughout uh, Chicago here like Patrick Kane's got 26 shots in his last six games and only one goal. His his shooting percentage is anemic this year, and it's like biblical how bad the, this team has been. His shooting percentage is 4.1. That's like half his career low. So I don't know. Like I don't know if they're telling him to to not score on purpose, but the volume hasn't gone anywhere. He's still shooting close to four times a game. He's already got 121 shots through 33 games. So I don't know what you do with Patrick. Like, I really do think that the, the, the levy breaks at some point and, you know, he goes on like a bender of eight goals or something. But again, it's like, it's nothing but potential energy. There's no guarantee that it turns kinetic at some point. So I don't know. I hate it. I, I mean, the, the the guys that are scoring goals are like Johnny Taze, Taylor Radish, um, Max Domi here and there. But again, he's got one goal on 16 shots in his last six games. And he's available. There's that, I guess. But like, I don't know. If I'm... Mm, what, how do I even want to put this? Like, if I'm going to Chicago, I want to go for the periphery, which is where I'm looking at like uh, Jake McCabe. Uh, I'm not expecting the offense, but he's just pouring on shots. Uh, Connor Murphy, Bang Daddy Murph, is always somebody that that does the riffs. So, I don't know. Kind of suck. Like, if you're in a points league, I'm staying away from Chicago. If you're in a bangers, there's options here. Because, like, Murph, he's only 3% rostered, so he's going to be out there. That that would be something I'd be doing if I'm looking to, to fill the riffs this weekend. Colorado, some good news here. McKinnon. Did some ice work today. First time coming back on the ice since his injury. Um, he could play as soon as Saturday. They're, they're ruling him out for their next game, but uh, he could play Saturday. Nishushkin is, there's no timeline there, which sucks. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, they just said that we don't know. So it could be weeks. It could be days. It, we don't know. Uh, Francis is day to day. I heard as much as week to week uh, with the lower body injury. So, I mean, Georgiev was playing really well. Somehow he lost to Arizona and gave up five, posted a sub 850. But uh, he's got four wins, four quality starts in his last five games. And that Arizona game is the only other one. Uh, where he posted a negative two goals saved above average. But he ran the table for four straight versus Nashville twice, Montreal, the Islanders. You know, that ended a four-game skid where he went 0-3-1. But right now, Georgiev is is lighting the world on fire. I think he won one of the three stars last week. Pedersen was up there. Good week for the guys. Uh, Columbus, Patrick Laine was sick. They called up Emil Bemstrom. Um forgot to look how that uh how that played out so i'm gonna do that real quick on the air because that's great radio uh covid 19 oh no okay so he's in the covid protocol i don't know how that's gonna work um i last i heard he was just sick but uh i guess covid is sick uh but anyway emil bemstrom is back cole sillinger uh, i'm pretty sure he just returned so he's back uh, and Adam Boquist running power play one uh, for all that's worth. I mean, Columbus has the third worst power play in the league. So, I mean, <laughs> is that really interesting? I Obviously, getting a power play one quarterback is, is great and everything, but uh, it's, a, it's not a good power play. At some point, like, there is a threshold of just wasting a roster spot, and I wonder if, if Boquist, even in 12 teams, like, I don't know. It still feels like a like a stream spot. Um, yeah, let's look up how he's doing. Oh, no points in his last five games. I don't know. Yeah. It's not good, guys. Yeah, and he missed four games. I don't know. Not interested in Boquist. Sorry, guys. Uh, that was pretty quick. All right, on to Dallas. Uh, Rupee Hints, Jason Robertson crushing it. Nothing to report. Uh, Tyler Sagan, that handsome devil. He's got a couple goals. He's only 55% rostered, and that was really interesting. Like, Jamie Benn is more rosterable than Tyler Sagan. What a world we live in right now. Jamie Benn is crushing it. And it's, it's frustrating because we spent how many years, like, just growing a dis- distaste for Jamie Benn. You know, since his Art Ross year and then the two years after he was pretty good. But right now, like seven points in his last six games, only playing 15 and a half minutes, three power play points, 11 shots. That's okay. Uh, but the hits and blocks, I mean, more, more and more. He's looking he's looking really rosterable. He's 81% rostered. It's nuts. Um, Miro Heiskanen is doing his thing. And, you know, Mason Marchment, they're still running around. Like, I don't know, Tyler Sagan, I guess he's a – He's in the streamer category at this point. Really weird. Really weird. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I got for Dallas. Detroit. There's a bunch of shit going on here. Um, Jacob Vrana, Jakob Vrana, down in Grand Rapids for a conditioning stint. He looks like he's going to be back very soon. Uh, and Philip Ronick chewing down a, a very cold streak. Nothing going on in the last couple games. And that, I mean, you hate to see it. You love to see it. I love to see it because... Mort Sider, put him back on power play one, please, please, for the love of God. 
I don't know. I mean, with with somebody as low impact as Philip Ronick, I feel like two games is enough time to be cutting the cord. Just, I don't know. Like Dominic Kubalik is a drop at this point. Philip Ronick. Um, I don't know. I guess Mort Sider is back on power play one, but <sighs> yeah, it's time to drop Philip Ronick. Sorry, guys. Well, I don't know. You probably already did. I mean, even fuck, Mort Sider's on a goddamn cold streak as well, and he's he was on the power play one, and then just well, I guess that one's going overtime. I don't know what I'm thinking. You know who I am interested in is this Michael Rasmussen guy, seventeen or seven percent rostered in the last four. All right, first of all, he's playing on the top line, top power play already. I'm interested, but in the last four games, he's got five points, twenty six faceoff wins. Uh, from a wing position, he's getting really good ice time these last couple games. It was like 18 minutes, 19 minutes. He's out there, and he's 7% rostered. I feel like, you know, Bertuzzi's going to come back at some point, right? And he's probably going to claim that top-line spot back. But for right now, there's no better streamer that I'd be looking at. Like, uh, you know, Michael Rasmussen has got to be shooting to the top of a lot of lists at this point. So uh, pay attention to him. Because he's looking, he's looking pretty stellar. Edmonton, jeez. Tyson Berry, Tyson Berry on the power play. That's all you hear if you're listening to Edmonton games or Edmonton radio or whatever. But he's got one goal, six assists in his last six games. Five of those seven points in the last two weeks. Those same six games are power play points. Nineteen of his twenty-eight points on the year are power play points. That's two-thirds for anybody doing quick math. He's on pace for 43 power play points, and he's on pace for 64 points all day. Uh, if he loses that power play, like, I mean, obviously, why are you going to do that at this point? Because he's got five power play points in his last six games. So this is the biggest case. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But, you know, he, he goes cold for a while. Um, that's it. That's all you got going for you. Yep, that's all I got there. All right, Florida. They have a good weekend schedule. They are a Friday-Sunday team. Ekblad is in a no-contact jersey. Barkov's in a regular jersey. Uh, Coach Paul Maurice said he's hopefully he can get these guys and Gudis back, but they won't be cleared until tomorrow, Thursday, uh, today for you guys for the, after that practice. So you're going to stick to Twitter. Uh, the guys over at Game Day News always catch that shit. Uh, FHFH bot um, catches everything, so... Keep an eye on on those, uh, and we'll know if any of these guys are ready to go. Aaron Ekblad, real close. Barkov, real close. Gudis, real close. It would be great to to see these guys going back. But uh, in the meantime, Carter Verhage is somebody I'm looking at. He's a 61% rostered. I mean, there's not a lot of like availability in Florida, and that's the hardest part. Like Eric Stahl is kind of like creeping in. Um, he's got a couple points, but I, I almost feel like once Barkov comes back, you see a huge shift in what Eric Stahl's role is going to be. Um, and maybe that's for the best because Stahl's, you know, playing on the fourth line with Lomberg and Cousins. But I don't know. Is that something that uh, that happens? I don't know. Anton Levshi, uh this is a guy, he's buddies with Barkov. I picked him up in a couple dynasty leagues. Um, he was a random import, 26 years old, I think he is. Um, 
I don't know. Is that something that's going to be fun to watch? Let's find out. Uh, I don't see him anywhere in here in terms of like stats that he's accumulated. Um, yeah, I guess he hasn't played yet. But they got him on the they got him on the roster. Daily faceoff does. Yeah, he's uh, twenty six. So there you go, Anton Levchuk. Keep an eye out. Uh, Los Angeles Kings. They are surprising me. They are three points out of the division lead. They had just played Vegas. Vegas is now three points up on LA, and Ve- uh, Phoenix Copley posted a nine twenty against Vegas. They took home the win. That was a huge game with divisional implications. Uh, Copley Copley is uh, is looking really good. He's still getting some starts and still posting good numbers. So I I don't know. That's all I really got out of LA. Uh, looking at Minnesota next, Jared Spurgeon having himself a little streak. Last six, he's got uh, five points, two goals, three assists. He's plus five, two penalty minutes, two power play points, though he's not getting top power play just yet, despite Kalen Addison being cold as ice with only one point in his last seven games. So they're still trying to make that happen. Kalen Addison, a very Tyson Berry-esque. If it's not working on the power play, there's literally nothing going on for him. So, you know, Jared Spurgeon at 60% is looking pretty interesting. Though Minnesota doesn't have the most... Uh, attractive weekend schedule. I don't know. He's still out there. He's, you know what? I'd rather have Spurgeon than John Klingberg. And uh, what's John Klingberg's ownership? Let's let's look that up real quick. Sorry, doing research live on television with new things coming out. John Klingberg, forty-four. So a lot of people agree with me there that Jared Spurgeon's more attractive. Uh, Montreal, Gene uh, Dummy on discord one of our bang daddy boys uh brought this up they are running with five rookie defensemen tonight and i'm nervous to look how that went uh they got jordan harris arbor jackai uh kovacevic Gouli, and baron the last time a team ran with five rookie defensemen was in 2006 with the flyers when the flyers were dead last and i'm pretty sure we got did we get jvr in the next year i think maybe um but yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. Next up, you got the Predators. They're having some fun. Uh, Thomas Novak at 1C, pushing Raijo down to the 3C. They lost Tolvanen for, for funsies. Uh, just a weird set of events in Nashville this year. Um, Novak, is he's so bad at faceoffs, and he's only getting limited time on ice. He's like under 12 minutes. But he's got three points, and they feel really obligatory. Like, he is top line with uh, Forsberg and Granlund at this point. I think it's Granlund. But I have no idea what's going on in Nashville. It's, like, it's concerning what's going on over there. They got Cody Glass at 2C. Um, This is, it's weird. It's weird. But if it works, it works. If that's what they're running with, go for it. Like, Novak is somebody I'd be interested in, like, a one-day stream. But that time on ice is, like, that's keeping, it's keeping me from, even considering him as a long-term option and you know, he's getting sent up and down and all that stuff. So it's, it's hard to consider him a long-term option at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, the New Jersey devils, they are one of our Friday Sunday teams and they've cooled down something considerably. They're only three and eight in the month of December. I remember it was like a month ago. We were talking about them as the best team. They were the best expected goals for, you know, their expected goals differential was the best in the league. They weren't giving up any goals. And then Vitek Vanacek and, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood decided, oh yeah, that's right. We're the, 
we're the goalies for the New Jersey Devils. We're supposed to be letting in a shit ton of goals and not giving our guys a chance. And they they started. They did it. And um, it was only Akira Schmid who actually gave a shit. And they had to send him back down because their their net got healthy. Um, Andre Plot was supposed to be back soon. And then, and then they put him on long-term IR. You know, it was like we got news that he's close. He's going to be back soon. And then the next thing you hear is like, he's on long-term IR. It is retroactive. So the timeline isn't much different. It's just, they needed, um, I think they brought up like Tice Thompson and, uh, Watherspoon, I think are the two guys they called up and they needed to juggle money around. So, uh, Palat went on long-term IR. You got to think that they needed defensemen at the, at the deadline. You got Graves and Marino. Those guys are both week to week. And even with them, I, that's not the best blue line. I mean, you got Severson in a way. You got Dougie Hamilton, and he's kind of your he's your marquee guy. Um, let him go for like Vladislav Gavrikov. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Like I feel like he fit in their system really well. Could thrive. Columbus again. I mean, Yarmulkuk Linen has not lost a trade yet, uh, at least in my estimation. So I, I feel like it'd be a good trade coming out of his book. We'll see. Uh, they should probably be sellers again coming up here. So, I don't know. New Jersey, always. I thought Vitek Vanacek would be a good pickup just because their their net would be, like, really young and they could build off each other and, and figure out, you know, their, their own fitting, where they fit, um, where the hierarchy is, and just, like, work together kind of. And um, I don't know. Still a lot to be seen there. All right, on the island. Actually, you know what? I forgot to uh, to go into New Jersey talking about streamers for this weekend because um, it is still kind of like a pseudo weekend preview a little bit. Um, Thomas Tatar is back. He's doing okay. Two goals, one assist in his last five games, two shots a game in that span. He's 11% rostered. Dual winger. Uh, you always got to talk about Ewer Sharangovich, uh, Dawson Mercer. Um and Tatar's back on the top line. I mean, it's kind of a top line, right? Like you got Thomas Tatar, Heischer, and Zetterland. Um, on paper, it's the top line. Eric Halla, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, that's your line too. Um, so, I don't know. Are you guys interested in Eric Halla at all? He's got two points in his last five. Not really shooting. Um, taking some of the face-offs because uh, Jack Hughes doesn't really do that. Uh, so he's taking the face-offs on that line. Um, so you got to think that his deployment is at least a little bit stable um, for the time being. And that's it for the time being. But, you know, with with his low ownership um, exposure to Jack Hughes at even strength, I, I, might, I might be a little ballsy in and go for Alcala if I had to pick uh, somebody from New Jersey. Yep, locking that one in. All right. The New York Islanders, uh, Semyon Varlamov has yet to return, yet to resume skating. So we're still rocking with Sorokin, um, and Corey Schneider as our duo. And that's never a good thing. Um, I- I'm looking at this guy. I think is who was it? Fantasy Cheddar came up with this statistic and he did this whole thing on Twitter, uh, where he, you know, instead of taking like quality starts and, kind of working your way around that because I don't know, like, like rolling values. Right. So, um, he, he's going for quality weeks 
because that's what matters in fantasy hockey, right? It's like quality weeks. And um, out of like our top 10 goalies, um, Sorokin was kind of, he was one of the lower ones. Um, Ilya Sorokin has been more inconsistent this season. He's only got four, um, or no, he's got four really bad weeks. So his weeks have, have been like really up and down. Um, Logan Thompson has been the best. He's got nine out of 11 at the time of writing this. He sent me this on, um, tagged a bunch of us on Twitter on Christmas and, um, Logan Thompson, nine out of 11 quality weeks, zero really bad weeks. Logan Thompson has been a top five fantasy goalies and Sorokin, you know, he is the 15th best goalie by way of, um, Yahoo or actually he's top six. He says here, but, uh, he's only 15th in terms of his quality week standing so check that out on uh on twitter his at fantasy cheddar loved the the work that he did there it's actually a really interesting thing to think about um yeah only thing i got here in new york is that uh, atu ratu is on power play two with oliver wallstrom hurt undisclosed day to day so we'll we'll see what happens there atu ratu was a highly touted prospect at one point he was i think it was like for a whole year he was uh projected to be first overall but then, you know, his D minus one, he really started falling down the charts. He was still a first round pick, obviously went to the New York Islanders and um, really excited to see what uh, what he can put together. All right. Alexi Lafreniere in New York. Um, it's just the, the breakouts not happening this year and the shooting percentage has got to be to blame. He's, he's shooting under eight percent, which is half his career average. Everything points to the fact that he should be doing better, which is a great reason to think that he has a chance to turn it around, but it's just a matter of, of actually getting it going. Uh, Vitaly Kravtsov is getting a top-line spot, but, like, no Tom on ice at this point. You know, we really thought there was going to be high hopes for him. You know, preseason was coming around. He was fitting in on the power play. Uh, looked like they they liked the chemistry that was there preseason, obviously. Um and then I guess just a little world junior stuff like Brandon Othman looked pretty good. The, he's like one of their top prospects. Um, look good in the OHL, looking good at the world juniors right now. I think it'd be fun to see him like end of the year, maybe the playoffs. And then just kind of throwing a little bone to Trocheck. He's having a very Trocheck year, kind of under the radar with 28 points in 36 games, 64 point pace. Uh, that's Trocheck, right? He's doing the shots. He's doing the hits. Uh, 12 of his 28 points are on the power play. So good. All right. This one's fun. Ottawa. They got a good weekend schedule. And this is a this is a high impact streamer that you could have because um Josh Norris was taking reps on the top power play. And usually when somebody starts screwing around on the power play, uh that means that they are really, 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 really close. Like really close. Um Ottawa's got three games to finish out the week. They are going to play Washington Thursday today. And then they have a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back at Detroit and versus Buffalo. So we'll see what happens with that Buffalo game this weekend. Um, I think by Sunday, maybe, hopefully they have things figured out. But Josh Norris is 58% rostered right now. If he was available in any of my leagues, I'd be picking him up right now. But uh, all of my leagues, we have IR spots. So obviously he was he was one of the guys that uh, that got kept. But if you're in a league, you know, what's that? 42% of leagues, he's out there. Go get him. When you're taking part in power play drills, it means you're very close. So I, I think they might sneak him back this week. 
Philadelphia. Oh, I guess, yeah, let's talk about the rest of the guys. Uh, Shane Pinto, um, you know, obviously you're going to see if Josh Norris coming back kind of shifts what his deployment is going to be. I always love Tyler Mott, um, but it's just it's hard to recommend at this point. Um, uh, I don't know. There's nothing. There's nothing really available. Like maybe Jake Sanderson, but not really. Um, I just I feel like your guy is Josh Norris. So if you can go out and get him, Philadelphia, Carter Hart placed on IR and then practiced like immediately after. And this was like right after Torts said he was okay. So you know he is he was cleared for that practice. Charlie O'Connor said, but he just wasn't cleared for in-game action. Uh, can be cleared Saturday. And if he does play, he'd be expected to play the final two games of the trip, which is L.A. and then Anaheim on Monday. Uh, so one more game for this weekend. That would be Saturday for this week's matchup. And uh, there you go. Uh, Pittsburgh. Ty Smith was recalled from the AHL. Uh, Mike Sullivan's been kind of unhappy with the two-away play of his team lately, especially after the ass-kicking they got from the Islanders. I don't know if we see a shakeup in the lineup. You know, Kapanen's already on the third line. It'd be cool to see him in the top six, but what are you, what are you gonna do? You moving out Raquel? You moving out um, Rust? I don't think so. Maybe Zucker, but I mean, you got at this point, you got to really miss Petrie. Like he was their, their big pickup over the off season, I guess. And um, I don't know how do you, how, what do you even do to this roster to make things go on? Like Jeff Carter got a goal tonight. Um, you know the top or the bottom six rather is is contributing, so you can't even really screw around with it. Um, you know you got Latang, but the the defenseman outside of that has just not been stellar. Uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph, Marcus Pedersen, Jan Ruda, Mark Friedman, who's like up and down between the the minors and stuff. So I don't know. Pens are the oldest team in the league, and I think that's that's really starting to catch up with them. San Jose, they got a good weekend schedule. Um, Eric Carlson still doing his nutsy stuff, and he, how I don't know. I'm not saying the Sharks are good, but like you know, they were expected to be awful. Everybody kind of thought that, and you know, they're playing above expectations at this point. You know, they're pretty much in the middle of the the league on most stats. Tomas Hurdles, uh, 32 points in 34 games. You know, he's starting to put the bang behind the Bucks. Um, it's hard to trust him, but whatever. Um, you still got Logan Couture's making a shit ton of money. Um, Timo Meyer, he's an RFA next year, and I mean he's going to get a bag. He's just going to add to the pain at this point for the Sharks. So we'll see what they're going to do. Like at this point, what do you think his salary is going to be? Nine point five? Is, is he is he worth ten? Do we get double digit salaries at this point for Timo Meyer? Um, yeah. Seattle, they are a Friday Sunday team, and it's it's crazy to me um, learning about some of this stuff. They have a better points percentage than Colorado, so just letting that sink in. I can't believe I said that, right? Like I can't believe that's a true fact right now, and it's all while their goalie tandem has a combined eight eighty five, and Martin Jones is your starter. They are a sixth in goals four per game. And there's nobody on their team that's above 50%. I think Vince Dunn is the highest at 50%. 
So it's it's very surprising that more of their forwards aren't more highly owned, given how surprising, given how surprising their offense has been. Like, yeah, Oliver Bjorkstrand has kind of been a huge disappointment this year. He's half point per game, and that sucks. Uh, but Burkowski leads the team with 28 points in 32 games. He's under 50% rostered. So if I'm looking for offense this weekend, like Burkowski's going to be the guy I'm picking up. You know, Seattle's doing really well. Their offense is clicking. Uh, Burkowski's leading the charge in that. I mean, if you can go get a Wenberg, like just look for, just look for Kraken at this point. <laughs> like it's so weird. So weird. Um, it, just, it does feel like the, bottom is just going to drop out at some point but you know here we are all right st louis jordan Cairo draws back in tory krug randomly placed on long-term ir he is going to be re-evaluated there's that disgusting buzzword re-evaluated in six weeks colton pareko took some of the power play duties you know justin falk still getting uh top power play time but colton pareko getting some power play time has you know, it's been a little more interesting than it was. All right. Tampa. Uh, Tampa somehow, like, I don't know. I, I feel like. Do you guys feel like they're flying under the radar? Like they're third in the Atlantic. They're plus 1400 to win the cup. Um, that means if you bet 100, that you get 1400 back, I think. So that, it seems really low to me for a team that knows how to win always savvy with cap space and has been to the to Stanley Cup like what each of the last three years they haven't lost more than two games in a row this season so that I mean I don't know it just feels like they're not getting the buzz they should or maybe people are just desensitized to how good they are and it's it's not it's not a headline anymore but um man it's nuts Braden Point, seven goals in his last eight games, just playing out of his mind on a 22.6% shooting percentage, four shots on goals per game. Uh, he's even got an assist in there, so he's point per game. <laughs> seven of them are goals. Uh, Vasilevsky's back, you know, 943 in the month of December, 1.5 goals allowed average. Um, you know, it's a pretty big change. Um, you know, he's brought his season average up to 917 and 253, so... You know, he's definitely doing some damage on that early um, early year kind of, I don't know if you want to call it jet lag or what, but yeah. All right, Brandon Hagel still on the top line, top power play. He's slowed down quite a bit. Um, I mean, when I say quite a bit, it's just he's got one point in his last three games. And before that, he's got, Jesus, nine points in the last five games. So, you know, we were talking about him as a streamer. Uh, just being like unstoppable, and then he did nothing for two games. <laughs> really, kind of gave us the middle finger there. But he's still top line, still top power play. So I'm still very interested at this point. Uh, in Toronto, Morgan Riley ought to be back this weekend, but he was practicing, uh, and he was practicing on the second power play. They were still doing five forwards. Now I don't know if that's a precaution because they don't know where Morgan Riley is at in his recovery. Or if that's something they're genuinely thinking about doing, having Michael Bunting up on the top power play with um, Mitch Marner running the God, I couldn't forget his, I couldn't remember his name for a second there. Uh, Mitch Marner running the point, or if you know they're just kind of like, uh, well, we don't know if Morgan's going to be back yet, so let's just keep the top power play the same during practice. We don't know, uh, but keep an eye on that because a third of Morgan Riley's points are coming from the power play. He's not. 
he's not Tyson Berry levels, but um, you know, it's always better to have top power play than not. Uh, and it's not like we're dropping Morgan Riley if he's not top power play. It's, it feels like a given that he'll get back. All right. Vancouver. <sighs> Sorry, Raj. Um, I mean, who's who's even going to be on this roster at the end of the year? Are they going to are they going to trade anybody? Um, I don't know. Like you, you have an idea of who the core of the team is. Uh, now, Bo Horvat is starting to get trade rumors swirling around him all over the place, and um, it looks like he's going to hit forty goals. So, I, in terms of like a sell high option as like a real life GM, that there's your there's your sign, right? he might be the likeliest option to move on to another team. He's only 27. Uh, he's one of the best two-way centers in the game. He's one of the best face-off guys in the game, if not the best. Um, maybe Kuzmenko gets moved. You know, that's just found money that you got in the um, from the KHL, right? Like, he signed in Vancouver because they were going to use him a certain way, and maybe they're not. So I don't know if there's, like... I wouldn't be surprised if he signed on a, uh, a no-move. So, hmm... Maybe, but uh, I think this is going to be a very tumultuous year for Vancouver. Obviously, like, you know, expectations are always kind of really high and, and the performance is like middling to good. And this year it's been middling to not good. Um, and a lot of it is just riding on the back of Demko, who played out of his mind last year and just hasn't done it this year. He's got five really bad starts, five roast beef sandos already this year. And uh, um, only two, like 20 percent of his games are quality starts which is bad, uh, pretty bad. So I don't know. Demko is just, he lost something. Eh, who knows if he finds it this year, but um, I don't know. That's really tough. He was inside of a lot of our top five goalies going into the year. And I mean, that defense is just brutal. And um, the cracks are really starting to show this year. So I don't know. Is it Besser that gets moved? Is it Horvat that gets moved? We'll see. We'll see. All right, Vegas. Alec Martinez is day-to-day. Um, he left Tuesday's match after the first period. Um, Jack Eichel is getting closer to returning. Um, kind of goes without saying at this point. Um, you know, he's expected to be back next week, but who knows if he's going to be here, uh, you know, sooner than that. So, I mean, one would hope. Um, Vegas is playing out of their minds as well. We already talked about Logan Thompson uh, just being stellar and kind of running the board with that. So as long as he keeps on playing like he's playing, should be all right. And then uh, Shea Theodore is right around the corner too. Um, you know, he's got he's dealing with his leg injury. So hopefully this team is back in action, back to healthy by the uh, by the beginning of January. Lots going on in Washington here. Tom Wilson is getting very close. Like he's, they already said he's not going to play their next game, which is Thursday versus Ottawa, but he is an option. He has a possibility for Saturday versus Montreal. He missed the entire offseason. He, he hasn't played this year uh, due to an ACL surgery early last offseason. But, um, you know, he's starting to play in a contact jersey, skating around, big high energy kind of thing. And uh, it looks like he's going to be really close. And, and Backstrom as well but he just went into covid protocol uh but laviolette said that's not going to affect his recovery timeline return timeline um so he could be like a week or two away still uh, a couple more injury notes here marty fev skated for the second time in a non-contact jersey 
non-contact jersey since his arm injury uh, early December versus Calgary on the 3rd. Um, so getting him back would be huge, especially with the loss of John Carlson, who took a puck to the face on Friday. Um, did not skate today. He's out long term. I mean, he was just discharged from the hospital on Christmas Eve. So, um, you know, that could that could be a minute. Eric Gustafson at this point is running the point on power play one. He's already in the midst of a hot streak, nine points in his last five. And during his last power play one stand, he put up four points in six games. And three of those points were power play points. Right now, he's 40 percent owned. I'd rather have him than Jared Spurgeon, than uh, John Klingberg, um, than a lot of the defensemen we talked about kind of in a uh, streamer sense or even a short, short-term short ad. Gustafsson uh, is going to be really important in uh, in points leagues over the next week or two, depending on how long uh, John Carlson's out. Uh, TJ Oshie took the ice for the first time since his upper body injury. He's missed the last three games, so... Looking like he's coming back pretty soon. And that's that. Um, all right, moving on to Winnipeg. They are debuting some weird lines. Mark Shifley at wing. Let Please let this happen for long enough for him to get uh, wing eligibility. That would be crazy. Shifley's on pace for like 50 goals, but he's still under a point per game, which is crazy. Um, which can only mean one thing, really. It just means that his second half of the year is going to be nuts. Because there has not been a time where he doesn't hit point per game. Not since 2015, 16, 85, 82, 84, 84, 92, 86. That's his last like seven years going back. And right now he's on a 66 point. He's scored 20 goals. Do you understand? 20 goals in 35 games and eight assists. That's crazy. Like his his usual ratio is like one to two for goals to assist, or or you know three to two or three to four rather. So like he, I don't know what's going on. He is playing selfish hockey, and you're getting points out of it, but um, just not at the normal clip. Like yeah, goals are fucking sick, um, but start passing the puck button because you're missing like half the amount of points that we want from you. They gotta be somewhere. But anyway. It, you know, the top line is super loaded. It's Kyle Connor, PLD, Shifley. Um, and the rest of the team is like, it's ugly. So they're really loading the top line, um, which is kind of like not a very Rick bonus thing to do is to to load a line and give them the time on ice. Like your second line is Morgan Barron, Adam Lowry, and Jansen Harkins. What option do you have? You're going to play that top line half the game if you can. So hell yeah. Ride with that. That's going to be fun. Um, I actually think there was, there might have been a tweet today about Sam Gagne being on the top line. Let me check real quick. Um, yep, there it is. Connor Dubois Gagne, Lowry, Shifley, Kuhlman, Baron, Stenlin, Johnson, Falby. So maybe Shifley is not going to get that wing eligibility. That would suck. Anyway, um, all right, let's talk about Sam Gagne. What do you think about that? Is there any interest from me? Not so much. Um, I feel like Perfetti, when he comes back, he should be in that spot. Um, yeah, he's going to be out for like seven to 10 days, which is a bummer because that's the guy I would want there. You know, Blake Wheeler being out, Nikolai Ehlers being out. Um, what else are you going to do? 
loading the top line seemed like the right idea, but putting Shifley kind of on an island with Lowry and Kuhlman, I don't know if that's going to be good for his assists, but he'll still keep scoring goals. Uh, Josh Morrissey's kicking tits as usual. Um, Sam Gagne, huh? Yeah, I can't say I'm interested. I don't know. I guess like if there's literally no other option, you can rock with that. But man, I would just, I would stay away to be honest with you. He's got 11 points on the year, 60 shots. Like he's shooting. Okay. Twice a game minutes are crap. And I don't expect him to go up too much when it comes to, um, getting top line time. Like we talked about with Thomas Novak and that whole, that whole business but I don't know all right so that's that's the uh the new year's roundup um kind of took a like an arbitrary look at every team across the league uh, if there's any questions you guys got you can hit us up on twitter at FHF hockey or uh in the fantasy hockey discord but it's 11 o'clock at night I go on call at 6 a.m uh, hopefully they give me a trip it'll be my first trip I made it all last week on call and they didn't give me a trip so we'll see knock on wood but uh it could be the time oh, I, I tried to get a munich or a zurich i tried to bid for a zurich but it got snatched out from under me that would have been rad i would have gone and seen grizz out and uh he's hanging out by the the matterhorn so i don't know love you grizz we're thinking about you and uh we'll catch you next time thanks for listening guys once more you can find us on twitter at fhf hockey you can find the fantasy hockey discord uh, probably just search in five hole discord on Google, or I think it's somewhere on our Twitter somewhere. Like I, I pinned something else. So I don't know. Anyway, love you guys. Bye.